Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Bible Code. What is the meaning of the number 11 in the King James Bible? That is our focus for today. For a copy of the transcripts, please go to www.dnainthebible.com. Now, if you are new to our studies, I encourage you to go to the website. There you will find uh, cheat sheets, software to use, as well as an in-depth study of different numbers. But let us take a look now at the number at hand, which is the number 11. The number 11 is defined in the King James Bible as judgment and disorder. And we're going to look at some examples here in this study on the number 11 and how it's used, starting with Pharaoh and the 10 plagues. 10 plagues came against 10 gods of Egypt to show the God of Moses was the true God. The last plague targeted Pharaoh. Now we have talked about 10 in our previous study, Just on a side note, 10 is testimony. So, these 10 plagues showed the goodness of God. He was ultimate. He was supreme. So, Pharaoh believed that he was a god. God ends up judging him for this belief by killing his firstborn and all firstborn in the land of Egypt. That would include Pharaoh's son. And what's interesting is is that this killing of Pharaoh's son in this last plague is found in Exodus chapter 11. But there is one more action, and that has to deal with the Red Sea. You see, the Red Sea is the last act dealing with Pharaoh and the number 11, because there was 10 plagues, and then this last act at the Red Sea made number 11. God killed all the armies of Pharaoh, as well as himself in the Red Sea. And what's interesting is you will find that this is in Exodus chapter 14, and 14 we have looked at is defined as deliverance and salvation. And the people of God for sure were delivered and saved from their enemy, which was Pharaoh. Now let us take a look at the very first time a chapter number contains the number 11. In Genesis, you will see in chapter 11, the Tower of Babel. And in this passage of scripture, we see that the people were being disobedient. They did not spread abroad scatter the earth, and start replenishing it as God had wanted. Instead, they start building a city. And because they were all of one language, God saw that they would accomplish their task at hand. So we see that he ends up confounding the language as a judgment against the disobedience of the people. And that is where the name Babel comes from. And they they then scattered because they were unable to communicate and continue building the city. The next example I'd like to point out has to do with the men of Sodom. We see that Lot took in two angels that came to the city to check out the sins of the city. Just how bad were they really? Because if they were as bad as they thought, because they were sent by God, they were there to destroy it. Now the men of Sodom demanded Lot bring out the angels so that they may know them. Suffice to say, they were not there to talk. Now, if you want, you can do a word search of new, K-N-E-W, or to know. In the Bible, those words are used as an intimate act. Um, Adam knew his wife and she conceived. This is the same word. They, They wanted to know these men. So it could very well be that they wanted to have sex with these men. Now, Lot offers up his two daughters, which... Sounds a little harsh, but it also is proof to show that you are greatly influenced by where you live. 
by your surrounding. And you may have a lot of the worldly influence affecting you more than you think. So here, these uh, men surround the house, both young and old. They want to know these angels. Lot will not turn these angels over, and they start dealing very harshly with Lot, pressing upon him so much that they almost break down the door. The angels come to Lot's rescue, and they judge the men for their wicked act. And you see this in verse 11 of Genesis chapter 19. And in this verse 11, it says, And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. Moving on. What about Noah and his three sons? Now, Noah, after the flood, he grew a vineyard, he made some wine, he got drunk in his tent, and his son Ham discovered him and made a big deal about it and did an act that we're sure was not a good act, resulted in his line being cursed by Noah. Whatever the act was, it must have been pretty severe to warrant this. Now, why did Noah place a curse upon Ham's descendants instead of just Ham himself? And that was because once somebody is blessed of God, that can't be changed. So we see that the curse then was pronounced on the descendants of Ham, who did something to Noah while he was intoxicated and passed out in his tent naked. What's interesting to note is is that Ham had exactly 11 sons. So... Interesting, the number 11 for how many kids he had also went hand in hand with the curse. But what about some scripture that contains 11 words for judgment? Well, what about this one? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Contains 11 words. Or how about Mark chapter 6, verse 11. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you when ye depart thence, Shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Again, that is the 11th verse of Mark 6. What is interesting in Mark also is in chapter 9, there are three verses starting with verse 44 and again in 46 and again in 48 that say the precise same thing dealing with hell and judgment. But what's also interesting is it contains 11 words. It reads, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. So very interesting. Molech in the Old Testament was a god that unfortunately children were sacrificed to. And how were they sacrificed? Because they were passed through the fire. That phrase, passed through the fire, is found 11 times in 11 verses of the Bible. And isn't it interesting, this action of burning their children, thinking that it could bring them luck. Um, I actually visited a museum that was in Woodland. It's the Biblical Archaeology Museum. They have a capsule of one of the ashes of this offering. And he explained that they would go and they would burn their child for like good luck, And then they would take those ashes, put them in a capsule, and actually entomb them in the walls of their house. Now, whether or not this action was something that was regularly done, it just shows the mental and spiritual deadness of somebody to do such an act. And again, this brought judgment to the people for this act. Now, words found in Scripture 
for the number 11 that deal with judgment. Words such as damnation, the pit, carnal, vengeance, Sodom and Gomorrah, execute judgment. These are all found 11 times or in 11 books, but they are found for the number 11. Something I would like to point out, um, if you turn to Romans chapter 10, verse 14, you will see how important a preacher is. Now, if you were to just type in preacher into purebiblesearch.com, you would find that it's found 11 times. You might be confused. Why on earth would preacher be found for judgment? Well, think about it. What does a preacher do? He tries to save people, what? From judgment. Romans 10 verse 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Speaking of God, how can they call on God if they don't know about him? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Preacher is found 11 times, I believe, and in 11 verses because they save people from the, the vengeance, from the judgment that's coming. What's also interesting is preacher is also found in seven chapters and in five books. Five, the number for grace. So if you believe in what the preacher is having to say, you're going to find grace. And it's the perfect will of God, isn't it? Seven. God chose preaching and the foolishness of it to, conf- to save man. So just very interesting, again, looking at all these things, because to me, it shows that this book is that orderly. So if you go and change it or tweak it, or this is an important or better translation, I'd be careful. You're playing with fire. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. There are six actions that we will look at in relation to judgment. It reads, But now I have written unto you not to keep company, if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railard, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such a one know not to eat. This is not talking about people outside the church. This is talking about those inside the church calling themselves Christian, and are still acting as carnal individuals. You're not even supposed to do a simple act of eating lunch with these people. That's what the Bible just said. What's interesting is fornicator, covetous, idolater, railard, drunkard, and extortioner are all found in 11 books of the Bible, that is, of the King James Bible. Very interesting. But since we're speaking on people in the church and judgment. I'd like to point out to you regarding the number 11, false teachers. You will find in Jude chapter 1 verse 11 this, woe unto them for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. We're going to break these three things that false teachers are compared to and you tell me if that sounds like somebody who's going to be rewarded or somebody who's going to be judged. The way of Cain reads this way, according to the Henry Morris Study Bible. They reject the doctrine of redemption through the shed blood of a sinless substitute, the Lamb of God. Be careful of any church that is grace plus works. Number two, error of Balaam. Again, Henry Morris Study Bible. Like Balaam, they use their religious connections not for the honor of God or the spread of his word, but for their own personal agenda, whether money, pleasure, or power. And the last one, gainsaying of core, they reject God's authority as expressed in his day through Moses and in our day through his inspired word. 
The people during Moses' time doubted what Moses had to say. They tried to usurp authority over Moses, and Moses was the spokesman for God. Our spokesman is the word of God today. And if somebody is saying something contrary to the word, then they are trying to usurp authority over God. God is not going to send a preacher to say something that goes against his word. So these three things taken from the Henry Moore Study Bible explaining the way of Cain, the era of Balaam, and the gainsaying of Kor is what false preachers do, and they will be judged. Woe unto them. That's what it says in the 11th verse. Moving on, you will find the description of Antichrist in Daniel in the 11th chapter. You will find 11 deeds of the old man in Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. Now, I've numbered these so it's easy to see if you go to the study on the website. You will also find the 11th book of the Bible, which is 1 Kings, the four people that Solomon had to deal with in judgment and what those actions were that resulted in judgment. In Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, you will see at the great white throne judgment, 11 actions. I'll read them to you. And I saw, number one, a great white throne, and number two, him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Number three, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and number four, books were opened. Number five, another book was opened, which is the book of life. Ah, isn't that interesting? The book of life or grace is the fifth one listed. That's by design. Number six, the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Interesting. Number six, people's works are judged. What does the number six mean? It's the weakness of man. Remember? Number seven, the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And number eight, death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And number nine, they were judged every man according to their works. Interesting, nine is fruit. Just keep that in mind again. Number 10, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And the last one. And whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The 11th action is judgment. Judgment for not accepting the grace God offered through his promised seed, Jesus Christ. You will see then at the great white throne judgment, the 11th action is being cast into hell, the lake of fire. Now, the last thing I'd like to leave you with is a fabulous thing. It's a wonderful thing that deals with the number 11. It is salvation from wrath. So, There is a phrase, the gospel of, and I, by God's grace, looked up every single occurrence that came after the gospel of. And what I found was this, there is precisely 11 descriptions that come after that and follow with me and you will see just how amazing this is. There is the gospel of the kingdom, which is also the gospel of Jesus Christ the gospel of the grace of God, the gospel of God, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of peace, the gospel of your salvation, 
the gospel of the uncircumcision, the gospel of the circumcision, and the gospel of his son. These are all pointing to the same exact thing, salvation through Jesus Christ. These are all different ways of saying it. What's interesting is there's 11 of them. (laughs) If you believe in the gospel, you're saved from the wrath to come. You're saved from the great white throne judgment that at the 11th action, you're not going to have to worry about being cast into the lake of fire. The other last thing that deals with salvation and being safe from the wrath to come is one body is found 11 times. You can look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16. We escape judgment because we are one body in Christ. Romans 12, verse 5. I hope that you have enjoyed this wonderful study on the number 11. It is amazing every single time I do a study. It shows me humbly that God is the only one who could have been this detailed and and put the books together, the words together, the verse numbers together, the chapter numbers together, that truly this King James Bible is purified seven times. And that to me, when I look at what man gets a hold of, and when man is, just look at our government, look at the DMV, look at any of these things, these institutions where man is in charge and by man organizes it, runs it, does it get better or does it get worse? That in alone is testimony right there. It gets worse. But yet the Bible went through seven translations, purifications, the word says in Psalms, and it got better. And how do we say that? Well, because God put in the exact books that he wanted, and God put in the chapter numbers, and God put in the verse numbers. It got better. It didn't get worse. That's when you know God's in it. So I hope you enjoyed this lesson. I look forward to looking at another number in the Bible code. Until then, keep reading, keep learning, and I hope to be with you the next time. Have a great day, everybody.